0: Welcome to the June 2023 edition of GCM On The Go. Each month we provide an audio reading of the feature stories from the latest issue of Gas Compression Magazine, this month's reading is brought to you by Keynes Rotating Machinery Dictionary. With more than 2,000 words and 200 illustrations, Keynes Rotating Machinery Dictionary is designed to help users quickly define and understand frequently used words within the rotating machinery industry. This resource is perfect for anyone needing to identify equipment, processes, and other machinery oriented components. Learn more at KeynesDictionary.com. Now, on to the stories. Enbridge earmarks US $3 billion for natural gas infrastructure projects by B. Henry Henderson. Enbridge Inc. held its annual Investors Day conference in March. During the presentation, the Calgary headquartered energy company unveiled plans for annual investments of more than US $5 billion, with US $3 billion earmarked for natural gas infrastructure. Further budgeting includes US $1 billion for liquids infrastructure and US $1 billion toward renewable power generation. In gas transmission, Growing demand for utility customers, the expansion of the LNG export connections, and the growth in gas fire generation will drive more than U.S. $2 billion a year of investment opportunity through the markets we serve, said Greg Ebel, CEO of Enbridge. This also includes capital for the modernization program, which lowers our emissions and will be recoverable through periodic rate cases. The utility will add about a billion dollars of annual growth capital, driven by population growth and the expansion of our storage and transportation capabilities. And in renewables, we see a further billion dollars a year of investment opportunity as we expand our onshore footprint here in North America, continue to grow European offshore wind and execute our solar self-power program. And then in liquids pipelines, we expect to invest a billion dollars annually from capital efficient expansions, leveraging production growth in the Western Canadian sedimentary basin by continuing to grow our U.S. Gulf Coast export platform. In sum, we're opportunity rich with conventional and renewable growth capital of approximately U.S. $5 billion a year across our footprint. Enbridge sees promise in renewable natural gas and is investing accordingly. During the conference, the company announced it had acquired a 10% stake in Divert Inc., a food waste management company expanding into RNG to help major food retailers manage their waste more sustainably. The agreement includes further investment opportunities to develop wasted food to RNG projects across the United States. We're now actively working on opportunities to reduce food waste from landfills to produce RNG. Having successfully announced our 10% equity investment in Divert, a company addressing the wasted food crisis, partnering with customers like Kroger, Albertsons, Target, and other large retailers, said Cynthia Hansen, Enbridge's executive vice president and president of Gas Transmission and Midstream. This investment gives us the option to invest up to U.S. $1 billion in RNG projects across the United States. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency estimates that decomposing food accounts for 26% of all U.S. methane emissions. The food waste presents a valuable feedstock for RNG production, given the billions of dollars worth of waste created each year. According to Divert, the new agreement will accelerate its expansion of anaerobic digestion facilities to sustainably convert wasted food into renewable energy, with plans to scale its facilities to be within 100 miles of 80% of the U.S. population over the next eight years. Divert said it is also considering new wasted food to RNG facilities in Canada. Enbridge Houston Oil Terminal. Enbridge used the Investor Day conference to announce that it will proceed with the construction of the Enbridge Houston Oil Terminal, or EHOT for an initial capital cost of U.S. $240 million. The Greenfield terminal, located adjacent to the terminus of the Seaway pipeline, will provide shippers with a full-service storage terminal primarily focused on heavy crude. The facility will have access to the Houston region, refining complex, and export opportunities through the Seaway docks at Freeport and Texas City, as well as future access to Enterprise Products Partner LP's Seaport Oil Terminal. Initial build of EHOT is expected to have 2.5 million barrels of storage with an ultimate capacity of 15 million barrels. Enbridge to acquire Trace Palacios gas storage. Enbridge also announced it has entered into a definitive agreement with Brookfield Infrastructure Partners and Crestwood Equity Partners LP to acquire Trace Palacios Holdings LLC for US $335 million. Tres Palacios is strategically located in the U.S. Gulf Coast region and its critical natural gas infrastructure serves Texas gas-fired power generation and increasing LNG exports, as well as the growing market need in Mexico. Tres Palacios also owns an integrated 62-mile natural gas header pipeline system with 11 inter- and interstate natural gas pipeline connections, including Enbridge's Texas Eastern Pipeline. Tres Palacios is comprised of three natural gas storage salt caverns with a total certificate working gas capacity of approximately 35 BSCF, as well as an expansion project in execution for a fourth cavern that will increase working gas capacity by approximately 6.5 BSCF, which is fully contracted and in the permitting phase. Looking ahead, when I think about 2022, I think it's fair to say it was an inflection point for the sector. Energy markets were extremely volatile and exposed critical vulnerabilities in the global integrated energy system. Years of chronic underinvestment in the upstream and the downstream were compounded by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which led to unprecedented price spikes, and obviously not just in the energy sector, but all commodities, said Ebel. It's clear that population growth, urbanization, and the growing middle class will demand higher growth in energy through 2050 and probably beyond. There's no happy or logical scenario where this trend does not steadily proceed on its path. And as we think about the energy mix, virtually all forms of energy are required. Natural gas and oil will remain critical components of our energy supply across this transition pathway. In all scenarios, renewables will grow rapidly and be critical to meeting global emissions targets. But renewable growth cannot be sustained without being closely intertwined with natural gas as an intermittency and peaking fail-safe for consumers, concluded Ebel. Perhaps less heralded, but no less important, are the critical roles innovation and efficiency gains must play in balancing energy demand and supply, along with meeting our global emissions aspirations. CPC Pumps International introduces BB5 Pump. BB5 launch complements company's API 610 product range by John Chintenden. CPC Pumps International has launched its first ever BB-5 pump. CPC now has a full complement in the heavy-duty process pumps range, opening opportunities in the more extreme high-pressure side of the business. CPC already has a range of models available, ranging from its OH-2 to OH-5, VS-1, VS-4, VS-6, BB-2, and BB-3 models. Effectively, the BB-5 is either a BB-3 volute or a BB-4 diffuser type of pump inserted inside a radially split secondary casing, known as a barrel, due to its barrel-like shape. This double casing design, combined with improved sealing designs, allows the BB-5 to be used with higher temperatures, higher pressures, and low-specific gravity fluids, parameters, and features. BB-5 is fully compliant with API 610 requirements, which details which pumps should be used in which process situations and conditions. API 610 outlines that pumps with radially split casings should be used in the following operating conditions. Pumping temperatures of 392 degrees Fahrenheit or higher, liquids with a relative density of 0.7 at the specified pumping temperature, liquids at a rated discharge gauge pressure above 10 MPA, The BB-5 is individually tailored to match the precise needs of each customer. As part of the design process, engineers tailored to the hydraulic needs of each application and customer, providing each pump with wide-ranging hydraulic coverage. The diffuser design can allow for individually unique stages in the pump to support very specialized applications, such as compressible fluids where flow rates within the pump are impacted by the local pressure of each stage. There's also the ability to future-proof the pump by changing out stages later, if the process conditions change, in a cheaper and more effective way than the BB-3 Volute pump can handle. The BB-5 operates with a flow rate above 4,400 GPM and head above 12,000 feet. It can handle temperatures up to 842 degrees Fahrenheit, and it has a standard design working pressure of 15,000 kPa. In addition to its wide hydraulic coverage and tailored hydraulic selections, standard features also include diffuser and volute designs, balancing drum or hydraulically opposed impeller arrangement for thrust balancing, integral balance line for minimized chamber pressures, and a heavy base plate, drip rim, or drip pan designs. There are also optional features such as alternative flange ceilings, a high pressure special casing design, fan heating sink bearing housing cooling arrangements, and magnetic bearing housing isolators. Applications. Applications for centrifugal pumps have traditionally been in the wider refining and petrochemical industries. They can range from boiler feed water, cryogenic duties, seawater injection and gas plants to pipelines, amine, energy recovery, and liquefied natural gas. Pumps for such applications can contribute to improving energy efficiency and enhance current operations. The addition of the BB-5 is particularly timely, primarily because one of its major applications will be in helping to sustainably lower environmental impacts. It will be used in carbon capture, utilization, and storage, processes that are central to lowering carbon dioxide emissions. The removal of CO2 from exhaust sources lowers greenhouse gas production, and at the same time, it can also harness CO2 for various hydrocarbon processes. CCUS, therefore, can play a vital role in reducing emissions. The BB-5 also has the potential to be used as a midstream pump in amine services to remove CO2. Additionally, the BB-5 could be used to boost supercritical carbon dioxide pressure for pipeline transport in the sequestration location at some distance from the capture location. Alternatively, it could be used to boost pressure at an injection site something most CCUS projects do not usually require because the injection site and capture site are close together. Moreover, as renewable energy use increases worldwide, the need for reliable pumps with the ability to handle extreme temperatures and pressures is critical. Hydraulic solutions can be tailored to support hydrogen, geothermal power, and flexible energy storage. CPC Pumps International has experience designing pumps for compressible fluids, helping it expand the supercritical CO2 market, a field where accurate calculations are at the utmost importance. CPC engineers design the HB pump range using computational fluid dynamics software to analyze challenges related to compressible fluids, another area where the BB-5 has employment potential. About the author, John Chittenden is a specialist at CPC Pumps International. He can be reached via email at john.chittenton at cpcpumps.com. LNG Risk Report 2023, Upcoming European Import Projects by Daniel Felber. In the liquefied natural gas industry, The spotlight often falls on the energy producers and the infrastructure associated with export projects. See LNG Risk Report 2023, Upcoming Export Projects, May 2023, Gas Compression Magazine, page 40. However, without importers buying and using gas, the industry can't justify expansion. This month, we are going to focus on the upcoming LNG import projects in Europe. Between 2022 and 2026, there are more than 30 LNG projects slash capacity expansions operating under construction, planned, and proposed. Let's discuss the key takeaways from the data, as well as some projects to monitor this year. Flexibility and focus. Unlike export projects that tend to be massive multi-year undertakings with several phases in LNG trains, most upcoming European LNG import projects are relatively small and simple. Many of these projects are also offshore, and for good reason. Countries that relied on Russian gas are expediting project schedules to meet their energy needs. See Russia turns off the gas, October 2022, Gas Compression Magazine, page 24. Floating storage regasification units, or FSRUs, can be permanently moored to a docking facility in close proximity to markets. FSRUs can be built far quicker than an onshore terminal. In fact, they don't even have to be built from scratch, as there are many examples of existing vessels being repurposed as FSRUs. Regasification projects can be more effective if they are regional. Since FSRUs have fewer restrictions than a purely onshore regasification terminal, they are a good fit for localized supply. Massive import hubs are popular in Asia, especially in countries that consume a lot of energy like Japan, South Korea, and China. However, the majority of these hubs were built decades ago. Most newer projects are smaller in scale, but Asia still tends to prefer onshore import terminals over FSRUs. Europe's aggressive energy transition targets call for a gradually less natural gas consumption. I'm going to reread that. Europe's aggressive energy transition targets call for gradually less natural gas consumption. For this reason, it is harder to justify building a massive LNG import project, especially if it would cross country lines. Perhaps the real reason why so many upcoming European LNG import projects... Projects or FSRUs is because they are both flexible in practice and an advantage when it comes to energy policy. Onshore terminals require long-term infrastructure investment, whereas an FSRU can simply sail away once the contract is over. European countries have received backlash from environmental groups for investing heavily in LNG. As Europe's largest economy, the world took notice when Germany dove headfirst into solar, wind, and green hydrogen. Pressured by Russia, Germany's pivot toward natural gas and coal was viewed by many as fast-forwarding the carbon clock instead of turning it back. See Russia's power play, April 2022, Gas Compression Magazine, page 38. By building some onshore terminals, but mainly FSRUs, Germany can save face by painting LNG as merely a temporary solution, even if it's far more likely that Germany's LNG ambitions are here to stay. In sum, FSRUs are the perfect fit for Europe because they can be operational under a time crunch, cost-effective, serve regional energy needs, and are flexible because they can be a short and long-term energy solution. Germany is taking care of business. Despite its carbon reduction goals, Germany's LNG consumption is expected to grow exponentially. Germany's Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action estimates the country will import a staggering 26.83 mt of LNG in 2024. Some analysts have Germany exceeding 70 MTPA of LNG imports by 2030. Germany has commissioned five FSRUs. Wilhelm Schaffen FSRU came online in 2022, while Deutsch OC FSRU and Brunsbuttel LNG FSRU became operational earlier this year. Stade FSRU and Wilhelm Schaffen Tree Energy Solutions FSRU are expected to be operational by the end of this year. In addition, the planned German LNG terminal is an onshore project expected to enter service in 2026. The Hanseatic energy hub is under construction and will feature 8.7 MTPA of import capacity, making it Europe's largest energy project over the next five years. The hub will be linked to state LNG and will serve as both an LNG and a hydrogen import hub, meaning its LNG imports will be far less than the hub's expected nameplate capacity. Expected to enter service this winter, the state FSRU is owned and operated by the German government and is expected to have a capacity of 5.5 mTPA. On December 15, 2022, the Heg Esperanza FSRU arrived in Wilhelmshof in Lower Saxony, Germany. The arrival of the FSRU marked an important milestone shortly before the opening of Germany's first LNG terminal on December 17, 2022. On January 3rd, Uniper brought Germany's first full cargo of LNG to the new LNG terminal. The LNG ship Maria Energy was loaded in Kalkashu Pass at Venture Global's liquefaction facility on December 19th, 2022. Deutsche OC FSRU produced its first gas on January 10th. Deutsche OC is unique in that it is the only German FSRU that was privately financed. The other FSRUs were either fully or partially funded by the German government. On January 20th, Heg gannett FSRU arrived in Brunsbüttel on February 16th, Brunsbüttel completed its first LNG delivery. The capacity is currently 2.6 MTPA. However, added onshore transmission capacity is expected to come online this October, which will boost the FSRU's capacity to 5.6 MTPA. The test Vilhelmsdorf FSRU is expected to be operational this fall. The project, along with the network of FSRUs around Wilhelmshaven and Brunsbüttel, could lay the groundwork for a permanent LNG import terminal and green hydrogen production facilities. Following up on its FSRU, TESS is accelerating plans to construct its green gas terminal at the Wilhelm port. The project was initiated in 2019 and is expected to receive U.S. $26.5 billion in total investment by 2045. It is part of the company's Green Hydrogen Hub, which uses LNG imports as a source to produce hydrogen. TESS is partnering with EON, on the first phase, which is expected to be commissioned by winter 2025. The Avant HY terminal will have an import capacity of 25 terawatt hours of green gas per year, but the total facility can be increased to 250 terawatt hours of green gas imports and more than five MTPA of hydrogen in the final stage. The idea is to produce synthetic methane, also known as blue hydrogen, which is expected to cost U.S. $25 per megawatt hour compared to U.S. $70 per megawatt hour for oil and U.S. $80 per megawatt hour for natural gas, thereby providing an inexpensive and sustainable form of renewable energy that further reduces Germany's dependence on Russian supply. Despite incredibly short timetables that few thought were achievable, Germany is somehow getting all its FSRUs up and running on time, On June 23, 2022, Germany's Federal Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action announced the country was moving from Level 1 alert to Level 2 alert for its emergency plan for gas. See Hydrogen Report, Germany's natural gas plan reaches Level 2 on brink of emergency. August 2022, Gas Compression Magazine, page 18. One year later, the country is on track to supplement most of the gas it was getting from Russia with 23.8 MTPA recasification capacity, all of it coming from offshore FSRUs. Italy's renewed LNG hopes. Italy has a few notable LNG projects that are operating, planned, and proposed for the next few years. Like Germany, many of these projects are FSRUs, but have been delayed for years, face funding issues, ownership changes, and have had other headwinds. The recent gas crunch has breathed new life into some of these projects. Medgas LNG was a project that was first pitched back in 2005. Despite being approved, the project never got off the ground. However, Sorginia and IREN are planning to make the project in the southern Italian port of Giotoro a reality. Estimates vary, but the project could be operational as early as 2026. Similarly, Enel plans to resume working on the Porto and LNG project, yet another Italian LNG import terminal that has been left for dead. Enel had initially planned to have the project up and running in 2015, but in 2016, it shelved the project. After urges from the Italian government to boost gas imports, Enel announced in 2022 that it plans to spend U.S. $1.1 billion resurrecting the project. Enel said that the project could be operational as early as 2025. With renewed interest in Italian LNG, there could be hope to restore interest in Falconara Meritia MSRU and Trident LNG FSRU, two prospective projects that are currently shelved. Italy's gas grid operator, SNAM, is behind many of Italy's successful LNG projects. In June 2022, SNAM purchased the Galar Tundra FSRU for US $350 dollars In March, SNAM said the recently commissioned FSRU arrived at the Piambino port. The LNG terminal is expected to receive its first gas by July. Ravina FSRU is another SNAM-owned and operated project under construction and expected to enter service in 2024. In the meantime, a small-scale 0.7 MTPA terminal with 20,000 cubic meters of storage has been operating in the Emilia Romagna region and Northeast Italy since 2021. FSRU frenzy. Several European countries follow Germany and Italy's lead by expediting LNG terminals and contracting FSRUs. Since 2022, there have been nine FSRUs that have entered service or are expected to enter service by the end of this year. A particularly impressive project is the MSHAVEN FSRU in the Netherlands. The 5.8 MTPA facility is equipped with 196,000 cubic meters of storage capacity. Construction began in May 2022, and just four months later, the M. Chavin facility received its first LNG shipment from the Texas-based Sabine Pass LNG terminal. On December 26, 2022, Mediterranean Gas completed the first phase of its market test to gauge interest in its planned 3.3 MTPA Argo FSRU project in Greece. The company expects to reach a final investment decision on the project by the end of June. While Argo FSRU is still in the earlier stages of development, another Greek project, the Alexandropolis Independent Natural Gas System, or INGS FSRU, is just months away from receiving its first gas. The conversion of gas log vessel to the Alexandropolis FSRU began in March. The FSRU is expected to have a capacity of 4 MTPA, which will make for a reliable and affordable source of secure energy to stabilize Greece's energy mix. On December 28, 2022, Finland moored its first FLNG terminal to wean itself off Russian gas. Known as Floating LNG Terminal Finland Oy, the project gives Finland a much-needed 3.6 MTPA of capacity. On March 6, Cyprus began construction of its 4.4 MTPA Vasilikos FSRU. In late March, Total Energies began its binding open season for its Lahabre FSRU. Total Energies offered five-year contracts starting in 2023 and ending in 2028 and stopped taking requests on April 26th. Total Energies expects the FSRU to be operational by year-end 2023. Also in March, El Muso LNG in Spain launched its non-binding open season. The FSRU is expected to have 5.8 MTPA of capacity and 300,000 cubic meters of storage. Turkey is currently constructing a similar-sized FSRU, owned and operated by Botas. The 5.6 MTPA FSRU is making excellent progress and has a good chance of being operational by year's end. The Gulf of Sardos FSRU will mark Turkey's second FSRU, joining the 5.28 MTPA Dortala FSRU, which has been operating since 2018. Mergers and Markets, Forging the Future of Fleet Management Honeywell Buys Compressor Controls Corporation for U.S. $670 million in cash by Daniel Felber. Honeywell International is acquiring Compressor Controls Corporation, or Compressor CC, from Indecor LLC for U.S. $670 million in cash. Indecor LLC is owned by funds affiliated with private equity firm Clayton, Dubelier, and Rice LLC and Roper Technologies, Inc. For nearly 50 years, Compressor CC has provided turbo machinery control and optimization solutions, including control hardware, software, and services for process engineers, controls engineers, safety personnel, turbo machinery experts, and plant managers. The company primarily serves liquefied natural gas, gas processing, refining, and petrochemical segments. The deal, subject to customary closing conditions, is scheduled to conclude in the second half of 2023. A primer on Honeywell's business. Honeywell is a massive and complex industrial conglomerate that operates four major business segments. Aerospace, Honeywell Building Technologies, or HBT, Performance Materials and Technologies, PMT, and Safety and Productivity Solutions, SPS. Honeywell provides a wide range of systems, components, and services for the aerospace industry. Its products touch virtually the entire industry, from engines to navigation sensors, radar, cabin management cleaning, etc. cetera, HBT Mixed Control Panels provides electric and wiring solutions, sensors, software, and more to help buildings lower energy consumption and improve their safety. PMT is mainly split into advanced materials, polymers, performance fluids, chemicals, etc., Honeywell Process Solutions, or HPS, automation and measurement technologies for industrial customers, and Honeywell UOP, midstream and downstream technologies, equipment, processes, and lifecycle solutions. SPS makes advanced sensing technologies, automation and productivity solutions, and safety products across a variety of industries, including healthcare, transportation, and manufacturing. Each business segment is tasked with connecting physical assets to the digital world. Honeywell spent its last 100 years making independent products. However, the next 100 years are focused on interconnecting the industrial world into one smart system, a trend commonly known as the Industrial Internet of Things, or IIoT. Honeywell's investing heavily into artificial intelligence, automation, machine learning, and sustainability. The buzzwords are thrown around a lot nowadays, but the key takeaway is that Honeywell is trying to grow its business by making smarter systems and harnessing data instead of just making marginal product improvements. The strategy is working, as Honeywell's business segments are becoming increasingly interconnected, a perfect fit. Compressor CC will become a part of HPS, which, as mentioned, is part of the company's PMT segment. Compressor CC is an ideal complement to our process solutions portfolio, as it brings an installed base of more than 14,000 control applications to our portfolio and will enable us to accelerate growth in combination with Forge's industry-leading asset performance management capability, said Lucian Boldea, president and chief executive officer of Honeywell PMT. By enhancing our digitalization portfolio... We are helping customers accelerate their energy transitions through new controls and automation that, for example, can help with carbon capture and sequestration. Honeywell aims to blend Compressor CC's proprietary performance analytics, optimization algorithms, and predictive health analysis with Honeywell Forge to provide a more comprehensive solution for customers. Honeywell has been investing heavily in Forge in recent years. The solution works for any industry, but arguably has the most benefits for energy and industrial customers. Essentially, Forge provides a software as a service solution for customers that allows them to monitor asset health, overall equipment efficiency, availability, performance, quality, quantify process on key performance indicators, and even track trends to lower energy consumption and improve performance. Forge can be used across an entire fleet of assets to make it easier to track performance and leverage data. In many ways, Compressor CC has been providing customers with a similar APM system. Uniting Compressor CC's solutions with Forge makes a lot of sense, given Compressor CC's widespread installed base. The combination of the company's existing offerings will provide the most complete end-to-end portfolio of products for operational control, safety, and asset performance management of compressors, turbines, generators, and other turbo machinery in the LNG, gas processing, refining, and petrochemical segments, said Honeywell in a statement. These are the most critical production assets in these industries and have significant impact on the downtime, energy consumption, and maintenance expense of end users. All told, Honeywell expects to achieve annual cost synergies of US $8 million and a cash basis return on investment of more than 15% five years after closing the acquisition. Compressor CC made around US $115 million in 2022 sales. Honeywell paid roughly 15 times Compressor CC's estimated 2023 earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, which is a premium valuation. However, Compressor CC aligns perfectly with the investments that HPS has been making. Data-driven decision-making. Honeywell Forge and Compressor CC's APMs are examples of how data analytics can improve business operations and lead to cleaner operations. In April, Honeywell announced a deal and its connected enterprise business with Global Worth, a real estate investor in Central and Eastern Europe. According to Honeywell, the deal unlocked U.S. $40 million in value thanks to Honeywell Forge. Global Worth is using Honeywell Forge for building technology to help monitor energy consumption down to a device or asset level across their commercial office buildings in Romania and Poland while maintaining occupant comfort and productivity, said Vimel Kapper, president and COO of Honeywell, on the company's Q1 2023 earnings call. Our solution will help reduce operating costs and lower energy consumption, a key outcome for Europe's overreaching climate objectives. This existing technology provides us with a new growth sector while reinforcing Honeywell's sustainability message. APM systems like Honeywell Forge prove that there are plenty of ways to achieve environmental, social, and governance targets without tearing everything down and pivoting away from oil and gas. Carbon capture and storage has been one of the most exciting technological developments in oil and gas because it allows for emissions reductions without cutting oil and gas production. Honeywell has been building a high-growth sustainability portfolio that includes carbon capture control solutions. Many of these solutions operate on the very same turbo machinery as Compressor CC. Honeywell's acquisitions will allow it to work with Compressor CC's installed base to remove carbon dioxide from process plant emissions in the atmosphere. A glimpse of what's to come. The majority of deals we discuss in mergers and markets include the usual suspects of industry consolidation, bolt-on acquisitions, minority stake equity buyouts, and acreage accumulation. However, we may start seeing more deals like Honeywell's acquisition of Compressor CC. Whether it's cybersecurity, emissions reductions, or cost reduction, the name of the game for industrial software providers are data. The more assets that fall under a company's umbrella, the better its solutions will become and the more value they can provide customers. Honeywell Forge is more effective if it works on a system of systems instead of just a standalone job site. The same goes for cybersecurity solutions, such as those provided by Siemens. It wouldn't be surprising if industrial conglomerates continue to execute unconventional acquisitions, such as buying smaller companies with a lot of moving parts across the integrated oil and gas value chain by focusing on the industry's supporting cast instead of the main characters. Companies like Honeywell can increase the exposure of their solutions while avoiding the waste that often comes when conglomerates buy companies that only partially align with their objectives. This month's reading is brought to you by Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary. With more than 2,000 words and 200 illustrations, Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary is designed to help users quickly define and understand frequently used words within the rotating machinery industry. This resource is perfect for anyone needing to identify equipment, processes, and components. Learn more at canesdictionary.com. Now, back to the reading. Executive Outlook 2023 with Alex Wright, CEO of Aerial Corp by Brent Haight. Ariel Corp is the world's largest manufacturer of separable reciprocating gas compressors. Founded in 1966 in Mount Vernon, Ohio, the company surpassed 60,000 manufactured units in 2019. See from 1 to 60,000. Ariel hits a new milestone. August 2019, Gas Compression Magazine, page 45 and is recognized as a global leader in gas compression. Ariel's founder, Jim Buckwald led the company for 32 years. See History of an American Success, May 2017, Gas Compression Magazine, page 16. His daughter, Karen Buckwald Wright, piloted Ariel for 20 years. In July 2021, Alex Wright was named CEO of Ariel, becoming the third generation family member to lead the privately held company. Gas Compression Magazine sat down with Alex Wright to discuss the gas compression industry, the opportunities and challenges that exist today, and what lies ahead for Ariel. In your opinion, what are the greatest challenges facing the gas compression industry today? What is Ariel doing to meet these challenges? I'm tempted to say the uncertain policy and regulatory environment, but it's going to take a lot more than just Ariel to fix that. So instead, I will talk about something we can address. The industry continues to struggle with supplying an adequate pipeline of trained talent. We experience that both in our own factories, as well as with our compressors in the field. There are a lot of amazingly talented people out there, but all of us in the industry need more of them. That is why Ariel continues to invest very heavily in training and development. We deliver it with our training center in Mount Vernon, which are mobile training labs at sites around the United States and through several other training partnerships around the world, based on what works in each region. For example, We've pursued trade school partnerships in Australia and Pennsylvania. In the Middle East, we have a shipping container full of our training equipment that can be deployed at distributor or customer facilities. And of course, our regional teams work frequently with customers to conduct custom training in places like China and across South America. Market strength varies by location. In your opinion, which geographic locations globally hold the most promise for the gas compression industry and why? Several basins in the United States are displaying strength right now, particularly in the Permian. We expect a lot of growth in the whole system linking the Permian to the Gulf Coast as liquefied natural gas facilities come online. Looking further afield, we see real growth opportunities in Western Canada, the Middle East, and Argentina. LNG has given Canadian gas a new route to market, and Canadian producers have significant LNG commitments that will require production growth. The Middle East has been an excellent market for us in recent years, and we see increasing demand for wellhead, enhanced oil recovery, and gathering compression there. Argentina has a number of favorable dynamics, good geology, new pipelines to support production growth plans, and a very mature fleet of compression that will require upgrade or replacement. What market indicators do you follow or track to forecast the short and long-term health of the gas compression industry? We use a wide variety of metrics, indexes, and third-party forecasts, some of which are pretty complex. But to be honest, nothing correlates to our business level better than the rig count and commodity price. I look at our project tracking within our customer relationship management system most closely. Our sales force and our distributor sales force have become excellent over the years at identifying and tracking opportunities. Those data drive a lot of activity in aerial sales and operating planning process. We make continuous adjustments to our capacity plans and inventory strategies based on it. Discuss any trends you've identified throughout the gas compression value stream and any impact you foresee these trends having on the gas compression market. Horsepower intensity continues to increase and we see a real trend toward bigger compressors with everything we sell. We've also seen a significant shift toward electrification in the industry. A much higher percentage of our compressors today sold today are driven by motors. Although it seems the industry is still seeking the right equilibrium for this approach. These trends together have been the basis for our product strategy to uprate and enhance the durability of frames in the upper end of our product line. We also see increasing momentum for the adoption of Internet of Things and digital products in the industry, which we feel well positioned to support with our aerial smart compressor offering. See 60,000 compressors in the making. November 2021, Gas Compression Magazine, page 36. How have customer needs and expectations changed in the past five to 10 years, and how has Ariel addressed them? The pace of business continues to accelerate. The internet has conditioned us to want everything quickly. For us, that means people want compressor sizing, parts, technical support, and information at their fingertips. Ariel is built on providing good service and clear answers. So we have to make sure we can do that regardless of how the customer engages with us, whether in person, on the phone. Between business systems, through our website, or through a variety of apps. Ariel is actively investing in renewable natural gas solutions. What opportunities does RNG present for the gas compression industry? What are the challenges? How do Ariel's products and services fit into the renewables marketplace? A lot of great things are happening in RNG, and we generally feel that our smaller compressors are a very good fit for the industry. It has been a unique experience to have our applications engineers think about a compressor selection in terms of how many cows a dairy farm has. Broadly, RNG is an excellent demonstration of the positive environmental impacts that our industry can produce. Perhaps the only challenge we see with RNG is that the equipment goes to places that don't have much compression experience, like landfills, dairy farms, and canneries. So there can be a steeper operational learning curve. However, that is something we're aware of and have been working to address with our training department and servicing distributors. Ariel has more than 30 years of compressed natural gas experience. Discuss the outlook for CNG in the United States. CNG has been a remarkably steady part of our business, and we're very pleased with our position in the commercial truck fueling market. Ariel's own semi-truck fleet is CNG-powered, and it has saved us quite a bit of money on diesel over the last several years. We feel that continued growth is likely as CNG stations build out to support commercial fleets. Looking further out, if these fleets move toward hydrogen in the coming years, as some prognosticators believe they will, our CNG experience will be the basis of how we address this transition as well. In your opinion what opportunities do environmental social and governance mandates and requirements present for the gas compression industry what challenges do they present discuss ariel's commitment to social responsibility and the esg initiatives the company has undertaken i think the industry generally has very high environmental standards and has been proactive on this subject i'm heartened by the progress given a fair chance from the regulators i have tremendous faith that the industry will continue to innovate and improve our environmental profile for us Our reliability goals align well with the ESG needs of our customers. Well-built machines that don't leak while operating and don't need to be blown down for frequent service have an enhanced value under an ESG framework. Leaving aside the environmental part of ESG, we have a lot of alignment with the social and governance elements. We've always tried to be easy to work with, to treat people fairly, and to seek long-term respectful partnerships with our customers and suppliers. Our philanthropy is focused on the communities where we operate. Those ideas may be trendy at the moment, but that's how we've always done it. What's next for Ariel? What's next for the gas compression industry? In our core oil and gas market, I think we'll see some very significant production growth over the next several years. Outside of that, we're going to continue to see more varied energy transition applications as companies test competing technologies and push the envelope of what is possible. Regardless of where the compression needs come from, our approach is simple and it will not change. We're focused on building the best compressors we can and supporting them well. For us, it's about keeping our standards high and delivering on our promises. Hydrogen report. Wordzilla 50SG becomes largest grid connected balancing engine to operate on a hydrogen blend. Wurzilla achieves 95% engine load with 25% hydrogen blend. engine load with 17% hydrogen blend, by Daniel Felber. Wartzilla Corporation, in partnership with WEC Energy Group, successfully tested a 25% hydrogen blend using an unmodified Wartzilla 50SG engine at WEC's 55-megawatt AJMEM power plant in Michigan. Throughout the testing period, the Wartzilla engine continued to supply power to the grid, The 50SG is the largest grid-connected balancing engine to operate on a hydrogen blend. We welcome WEC and its leadership for the ambition of doing a test on this scale, said Friedrich Ostmann, product manager of Lifecycle Solutions at Wartzilla. WEC saw the need to establish a decarbonization route for its engine power plants and wanted to provide concrete evidence of the capability of their Wartzilla engines to run on hydrogen. There are several reasons why a test of this magnitude has never been accomplished. The demonstration hinged on a customer, in this case, WEC, showing the needed thought leadership. There was also support from multiple technology providers, including WardZilla, Burns & McDonnell, and Certaris, that supplied the needed expertise and equipment. Finally, there was an unbiased validation and reporting from the Electric Power Research Institute, or EPRI. The EPRI managed all measurements and handled the reporting of the test. Balancing engine load with various hydrogen blends, Portzilla achieved a 95% engine load with a 25% hydrogen blend, which verified fuel flexibility without compromising efficiency. Further testing showed that 100% engine load was attainable with a 17% hydrogen blend. The best operating point in hydrogen blending ratio is determined by the business environment of the customer, the plant, and the specific reasons for blending hydrogen, said Osman. In other words, it is economically beneficial to maximize electricity production, heat rate, or the amount of hydrogen used. Wordzilla believes its gas engines are ideally suited for a variety of operating conditions and hydrogen blends. For example, the Wordzilla 50SG offers unique fast starting capabilities, which enables rapid response to fluctuations inherent in renewable generation. The solution also supports decarbonization with its low greenhouse gas emissions and capability of hydrogen blending. The W50SG engine is a very reliable and efficient engine, said Osman. The main benefit of all Wartzilla engines is their flexibility, both in terms of operation, such as frequent starting and fast loadings, but also in terms of fuels, not only with respect to hydrogen. Our various engine platforms can be modified to cope with a broad set of fuels, including net zero emissions fuels and different types of biodiesels. The technical and organizational capability to convert our engines to meet future needs is at the core of why our products are future proven in a cost-efficient way. A Wartsila natural gas engine can be converted to meet the business requirements of tomorrow. New innovations at Wartsila, As hydrogen pairs with renewable energy, renewable natural gas, and natural gas, Wartsila is positioning its product offering for a geographically diverse and rapidly changing energy mix. Fuel flexibility is one of the key features of Wartzilla engines, said Osman. Wardzilla is working on engine technology that can use green ammonia and methanol as fuel in our engines. Last year, Wardzilla launched its first methanol engine for the marine sector, the Wardzilla 32 methanol engine. Wardzilla's largest technological stride is expected in 2026. Wartzilla is developing a pure hydrogen engine and power plant concept, said Osman. The technology concepts are being developed and validated as we speak at our Research and Development Center, the Wardzilla's Sustainable Technology Hub located in Vasa, Finland. We have conducted pure hydrogen engine tests at this site for some time now. After initial development, the technology will be industrialized and applied on the selected engine platform and released for sale by 2026. Conducting real-world experiments using different hydrogen blends to maximize emissions reductions and efficiency should help the industry move closer to achieving sustainability goals. As these tests grow in sophistication and scale, it's important for manufacturers not to compromise safety in the pursuit of innovation. Safety is one of our key priorities within Mozilla, said Osman. Securing safe and reliable customer demonstrations starts by having the capability to perform engine laboratory tests where concepts can be developed and verified. Moreover, it provides a practical understanding of how the fuels behave together with our engines systematic identification of risks and their mitigation using methodologies and standards is key for proper risk management. When performing tests at our customer site, all key parties, including the customer, must be part of safety discussions to enable the right decisions and needed transparency, propelling the hydrogen economy forward. Countries and companies around the world have committed to net zero carbon emissions by 2050. However, many steps are being made to make a meaningful transition toward hydrogen in the next five to 10 years. Public and private funding is growing at an exponential pace as tax credits pair with growing company budgets for building hydrogen infrastructure. See Hydrogen Report. The stage is set for the hydrogen economy to shine, but can it handle the spotlight? March 2023, Gas Compression Magazine, page 24. Canada, for example, recently announced a clean hydrogen investment tax credit that is expected to cost U.S. $4.14 billion over five years. See Hydrogen Report. Hydrogen Headlines Canada's Budget 2023 with Record Investment Tax Credit. May 2023, Gas Compression Magazine, page 34. Manufacturers continue to come up with solutions built for hydrogen consumption. See Hydrogen Report, Newman nesser Technology for Green Hydrogen Production in Germany. April 2023, Gas Compression Magazine, page 20. With so much excitement and so many investment dollars pouring into hydrogen, there are high expectations for measurable results in the medium and long term. Wordzilla believes solutions are in place for hydrogen to play a role in the current energy mix, as well as the energy mix of tomorrow. Wordzilla's continuous research on future fuels and engine technology will ensure reliable power generation with sustainable fuels, said Osman. From hydrogen to biofuels to biogas made from waste, there are a wide array of different potential future fuels that can help phase out fossil fuels in favor of renewable energy as part of the final push in decarbonizing energy systems. Fuel testing and engine development will continue throughout the coming years. Wordzilla is here to enable the transition to a decarbonized future with innovations in fuel flexible technology and decarbonization services. We need to ensure the energy transition recognizes the mix of technologies needed. Personally, I think that within the next five to 10 years, we will see several plants converted to cope with hydrogen blended in the natural gas pipeline. In addition to this, we will see a few pure hydrogen engine pilot power plants in Europe, Australia, or the United States. Europe's Southern Hydrogen Corridor Gains Momentum. Italy, Germany, and Austria Push for Hydrogen Pipeline by B. Henry Henderson. The Ministries for Energy of Italy, Austria, and Germany have signed a joint letter of political support for the development of a Southern Hydrogen Corridor in the European Union and for their respective infrastructure projects to obtain the status of project of common interest. SNAM, Italy's gas infrastructure operator, Trans-Austria, Gaslitung, Gas Connect Austria, and Bayer Netz in Germany have formed a partnership to develop Europe's Southern Hydrogen Corridor. Also known as the South Hydrogen Corridor, the Hydrogen Ready Pipeline Corridor will connect North Africa to Central Europe and enable renewable hydrogen produced in the southern Mediterranean to reach European consumers. The South Hydrogen Corridor, which is expected to be fully operational as early as 2030, consists of four individual PCI projects, Italian H2 Backbone, H2 Readiness of the TAG Pipeline System, H2 Backbone WAG, plus Penta West, and High Pipe Bavaria, the hydrogen hub. Italian H2 backbone, the project concerns the development of a hydrogen backbone stretching all the way from the entry point in Sicily to export points with Austria and Switzerland, enabling the transport of hydrogen produced in northern Africa and southern Italy to the main Italian and European consumption areas, which are integral parts of the European Hydrogen Backbone, or EHB. The EHB initiative consists of 32 energy infrastructure operators, United through a shared vision of a climate-neutral Europe enabled by a thriving renewable and low-carbon hydrogen market, said EHB. The Italian H2 backbone is composed of 1,429 miles of repurposed and new-built pipelines and several hundred megawatts of compressor stations, expected to become dedicated hydrogen assets by 2030. With an import capacity of 450 gigawatt hours per day from North Africa, this project is a major European renewable hydrogen import artery serving Italian demand clusters and with a capacity to export 170 gigawatt hours per day to Austria and beyond. H2 Readiness of the TAG Pipeline System The H2 Readiness of the TAG Pipeline System project connects the hydrogen pipeline at the Italian-Austrian border, Arnoldstein, with the ones at the Austrian-Slovakian border, Bumgarten. It opens the gateway for low-cost hydrogen from North Africa to Europe, enabling the transport of the green energy carrier from an additional supply region to Europe's main demand regions. The project consists of repurposing certain pipelines within TAG system for 100% hydrogen, with all related facilities such as compressors, metering stations, and in-offtake between Arnoldstein and Bumgarten. There, it is connected to the H2WAG pipeline of the GCA within Austria to supply the central part of Austria, the southern part of Germany, and the hydrogen pipeline of European Union stream. It serves as the basis for Austria's local hydrogen network, DSO level, to meet the local needs of customers in Austria. The system has an import capacity to Austria of 168 gigawatt hours per day from production areas in North Africa to the largest hydrogen demand clusters by mainly using existing infrastructure, H2 backbone WAG plus PIN West. The project enables bidirectional cross-border hydrogen transport possibilities between Slovakia and Austria, as well as between Austria and Germany. It also allows for taking over hydrogen arriving via the TAG hydrogen pipeline systems in the Bumgarten node to the extent of 150 gigawatt hours per day. HYPipe Bavaria, the hydrogen hub. Pipe Bavaria, the hydrogen hub, will be laying the foundation for the Bavarian hydrogen network to be completed by 2030. The project is part of the EHB, and connects regions with hydrogen demand and storages with numerous production regions. Implementing the Bavarian Hydrogen Network is an essential prerequisite for establishing import routes from southern and eastern Europe for the German hydrogen market. The first pipeline section will be commissioned in the Bavarian Chemical Triangle in 2025, followed by further regional project building blocks near Ingolstadt. The network will be 186 miles long by 2030. Air Products' commercial-scale hydrogen refueling station expands Edmonton Energy Complex. Using proprietary compression technology, the station will have a capacity of 6.6 tons of hydrogen per day, by Walter E. Von Rees. Air Products, the world's largest producer of hydrogen, announced plans to build a multi-modal hydrogen refueling station near its new net-zero hydrogen energy complex in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The Edmonton complex is under construction and was first announced in June 2021. The hydrogen refueling station will be Air Products' first in Canada and the first commercial-scale hydrogen refueling station in Alberta. The station plans were announced on April 26, 2023, the Canadian Hydrogen Convention. This station is the next step in Air Products' commitment to Edmonton and will serve as a model that can be replicated throughout Canada to grow the hydrogen economy, reduce emissions, and assist Canada on its path to achieving net zero by 2050, said Eric Gutter. Air Products Global Vice President of Hydrogen for Mobility. Canada is well-positioned to be a leader in the clean energy future, and we are proud to build on Air Products' investment in Western Canada to help accelerate the use of hydrogen as an emissions-free transportation fuel across the nation. Air Products works across all facets of the hydrogen value chain, including production, distribution, storage, and dispensing, and has been investing in hydrogen fueling for decades. The company operates the world's largest hydrogen pipeline system, located in the U.S. Gulf Coast, and is a major liquid hydrogen supplier. Air Products has hands-on operating experience with more than 250 hydrogen refueling station projects in 20 countries, and the company's technologies are used in more than 1.5 million fueling operations annually. The hydrogen refueling station is supported in part by U.S. $730,000 in funding from Natural Resources Canada's Zero Emissions Vehicle Infrastructure Program. Unlocking the potential of hydrogen is an essential part of the federal government's plan for a sustainable economic future, said Jonathan Wilkinson. Minister of Natural Resources of Canada, not just for the domestic opportunities for emissions reductions, but also for hydrogen's potential as an export opportunity to provide clean energy to countries around the globe. Hydrogen refueling station details. The new station will include two hydrogen refueling lanes and dispensers for heavy duty vehicles such as commercial and municipal trucks and Air Products' own truck fleet. Air Products said the filling time will be on par with conventionally fueled heavy duty trucks, The station also will have two fueling positions for light duty hydrogen fuel cell cars. The high capacity, high efficiency station is scheduled to open in early 2025 and will be available to retail customers. Using proprietary compression technology, the station will have a capacity of up to 6.6 tons of hydrogen per day. It will be located in Northeast Edmonton near Air Products' new US $118 billion net zero hydrogen energy complex. The complex will use a process technology that captures at least 90% of carbon emissions for permanent sequestration safely underground. To avoid the indirect emissions associated with using grid electrical power, the project includes a 100% hydrogen fueled power generation unit. Air Products said the unit is oversized to power the production facility and supply clean power to the Alberta grid, making a net zero hydrogen facility. The complex will be integrated with neighboring Imperial Oil Limited's new renewable diesel facility. Imperial will produce renewable diesel from locally sourced non-petroleum feedstocks using a process that produces a biogenic renewable off-gas byproduct. This ROG will be used as a feedstock within the air products hydrogen complex, displacing natural gas and further enhancing the overall carbon emissions profile. Air Products said the combination of using a renewable feedstock and power export offsets the remaining 10% needed to achieve net zero at the new hydrogen production facility. The net zero facility will connect to Air Products existing 35 mile pipeline network to help refining and petrochemical customers, reduce the carbon intensity of their operations and products. Air Products also announced plans to open a new project delivery office in Edmonton. The Global Engineering and Manufacturing Technology Equipment Office will be a cross-functional space, including engineering, product, process gas, and air separation unit product line functions. Air Products currently operates three hydrogen production facilities in Alberta, as well as a hydrogen production facility, a 19-mile pipeline network, and a liquefaction facility in Sarnia, Ontario. Thanks for listening to the June 2023 edition of GCM on the go. This month's reading is brought to you by Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary. With more than 2,000 words and 200 illustrations, Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary is designed to help users quickly define and understand frequently used words within the rotating machinery industry. This resource is perfect for anyone needing to identify equipment, processes, and components. Learn more at kanesdictionary.com. GCM on the go is produced by third coast publishing group music by six string quartet. I'm Danny Felber.